This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, listeners. It's lovely to have you with us again tonight. And we have Chris to here. He's from AA. And our theme for this month is on change. And uh, this is the week of Valentine's. Mm. So we wish you, oh, and it's even today is the day of Valentine's yes. Day. So we, we hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day. And uh, so, Christy, welcome here. Um, we're so excited to hear your story on change. Welcome, uh, welcome, Christy, and welcome to our listeners. Thank you for having me, Suki uh, and Fred. Yes. So you um, you said you would love to to reflect a little bit on on your story and the change that it ha- that has been happening in your own life with regards to alcoholism and the addiction that you had struggled with. Yes, um, it's my pleasure to um, share a bit on that with you guys because. Um, as you probably know, with regards to recovery, that's our thing now. As mm. When you're in recovery, your story is your, your gift back to the other guy who's still struggling. So, yes. Um, yeah, so um, just to start off with, I never really had a problem with alcohol in my perception or view. Um, mm. I had since ever, well, since it's young child growing up, my first addiction, if you can call it that, was um, affirmations and approval. Mm. So, um, you know, in hindsight, working through the program and the 12 steps, you get to learn a lot about yourself in hindsight. And I've discovered over the years that I had this thing called alcoholism, that need for something inside of me since I was very young. Um, Mm. And I found the first drug was when I was in, in, in school that I got approval from and accolades from the people in school because it was quite clever then. And um, so I lived for those moments of approval and accolades. So mm-hmm. over the years, I just grew and grew into that area of my life. Um, Honestly, things like fear, um, as a power source to push me and propel me to get more accolades over the years. Mm, yeah. Um, in standard eight, I was again. I got the. Um, I was uh, elected a, 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 a what do you call that a, a leader at the school that I was in, and I got six student of the year a few times. Mm. And none of those things really satisfied me anymore. And mm. then my parents got divorced in, um, what was it, Senate 8? My parents got divorced, and somehow I just slipped. Um, on a subconscious level, I said, well, this is not working for me. Being perfect is not working for mm. me. And subconsciously, I slipped. I started looking for some other, other form of something and I discovered it in girlfriend so um, when I went to matric I at the end of matric year I brought um, a baby instead of my nine distinctions that everybody was wishing oh, me dear. to have. 
Mm-hmm. You could, we can laugh about that now, but then it yeah, wasn't funny yeah, at all. No, no it wasn't. Um, but you didn't know. I did not know. Mm. Life was very, very confusing exactly. and overwhelming. That mm. is the one big thing that I could always remember. Um, school was easy for me because it had rules and regulations, and I could comply and get my accolades um, because of the com- complying to those rules. But um, life itself was overwhelming. Mm. There were no real rules, and I just had to find the next thing that makes me feel good about myself. So mm. um, very quickly, the daddy ship didn't work out well because we mm. were both children. Wow. And um, I moved on to the next thing, and also started playing a role there, but again, I had choice things. Um, in hindsight, I never finished, I never not finished whatever I set out to drink. Mm. So, um, you know, it's not like you bought yourself a case of beer and said, I'm only drinking three, and okay, I'm done now. You mm. know, if you bought a case, you finished the case. Mm. Um, and those things worked hand in hand. My um, promiscuousness worked hand in hand with my alcoholism. On the one hand, I would blame alcoholism for my promiscuity, and the other hand, I would blame my promiscuity for my alcoholism. Mm. Um, mm. So it just started I, developing gradually. Yes, yes. Um, again, not a problem to me. It's just a thing called life and living it. That was the thing. Mm. Not living it. 100%. You know, working for companies now, you've got this idea that, um, you know, they don't really value me and see the potential I've got for them, you know, and then I would work myself up and then they would not value me the way they should I, or as I perceived they should and then I would leave and now I'm going to do my own thing and then I'll be jumping around from one company to another mm. and that also gradually progressed faster and faster the wheel would spin around. Um, in those times, I, saw, I got married in um, 2000 with one of my colleagues uh, lately that worked with me, and we were together for 17 years. Mm. Um, we had two children together. You know, now I, I've got this white ticket fence life I'm living. I'm a manager at a, at a big hardware store company in South Africa. And, um, you know, still that little thing that's not right, you know, you get things more and more. It winds up within myself. And, um, again, looking for answers. Um, again, promiscuity played a huge role. Mm. Started, you know, in school I, I loved, I loved Jesus and God. And I went to a, a weekend away thing and I gave my heart to God mm. and Jesus. Studied the Bible fervently because I, I, I felt something there. Mm. But, um, you know, as time progresses and life plays back into your life, uh, um, life plays back, you, you start wearing down that feeling, that high feeling, all, you know, fades away, and I have to fill that up again. Um, mm. Mm. And, and that was my constant, running away from God, running towards God, running away from this company, running to something new. Um, mm. And then alcohol started playing the, uh, a bigger role in my life. Um, mm. the, the, I think I crossed the line, that invisible line they talk about somewhere about being, um, where the, the um, social aspect started falling away more and the, the need for it started growing, um, alcohol itself. Mm. 
Thank you very much, Krista. You've shared very vulnerably with us. Um, it's a privilege for us to to hear your story. And while you are so vulnerable, you know, there's, there are some things that I heard as you were sharing. And the, and the first one was, I never had an addiction. Um, because that that is where many addicts get to a point where they think, Oh, there's no problem, and I was exactly at that point, but there's no I don't have an addiction. When did your um, your mind change with regards to now I know I have an addiction? When you realized you had a problem because that's often the beginning of change. Yeah, exactly. Um, I went just quickly, I went to psychologist because I have to sort out my marriage now because every time I get into this hole I, I, I re um, visit God and Jesus and then I clean the house with my wife telling her about all my um, extra um, you know promiscuousness and everything cleaning my side of the street but hurting her immensely mm. and um, you know now um, with that whole thing I started doing this counseling sessions with the psychologist, and we started digging deep in the why mm. and the whole and my past life and and the, the the parents that got divorced and me not living up to my potential. And then I was suggested go see a, a psychiatrist. Um, you know, so my focus was solely for, on, on the psychological, on the um, religious, not necessarily spiritual, connecting directly with God, but with, with regards to religious. So I missed this whole idea of having a problem. This mm. is just something that helped me. Mm. So when mm. I discovered that I've got a problem, it was me sitting in a, a club um, in Pretoria, and, you know, you sit at the bar counter and you look at your face in the mirror behind the, behind the bottles in front of you. And I saw myself and this constant question is hounding me, is what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? You know, mm -hmm. The idea started festering that there is something wrong with me. But what exactly was still oblique? Because at that stage, I got rid of my wife and the kids and the restaurant and everything which I discussed with the psychologist that was in my way. Mm -hmm. um, and... So I had this, what's wrong with me? And for a split second, um, I think that is the place where God's grace took hold of me. For a split second, it was as if I went out of this drunken stupor and I saw myself and all of my actions without any justifications and rationalizations. Mm -hmm. I just saw me with my actions, boom, 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 boom. Wow. And I had this feeling of a question within me. Is this what you want? Mm. And I said no. Wow. And the windows, and, and the, and the um, you know, the windows closed again, and I was back in my drunkest stupor. Mm. At so, this so, point, yeah. I want us to stop because we normally mm. need to take a break, and then we can okay. continue with the rest of your story. Because after the break, this is a great okay. and a profound thing where Jesus had actually come came down to you. But then after the break, I want to hear how did your how did change really happen? That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Let's quickly take that break. Welcome back, listeners. Um, sure, we had to cut off on a cliffhanger mm. um, <laughs> that Christy was sharing with us. Uh, Christy, you shared so, uh, so well and intimately, but what struck me was there was an intervention from God. 
even while you were drunk at the bar. What was the next step that you took uh, into recovery and restoration? Okay, yeah. Um, so that little moment of clarity came upon me. Mm. And having been to AA a few times in the years previous to that, um, I just had this information I had to go there again. Mm. I, I, I started doing AA Alcoholics Anonymous every day. Every day I went from Broncos Strait, I drove to Pretoria, that's about 60 kilometers from where wow. I left. Um, so that was like a meeting a day, hey, because I know that's sometimes yes. what they do if they, if you really want to have an intervention, you, know, you need yeah. to do a meeting a day. Mm, exactly. Um, you know, I just, and, and I got to this, you know, I don't have any reasoning faculties behind this. I just said, okay, now it's Alcoholics Anonymous. Here I go. Mm. But I could also not get to the point of putting Alcoholics Anonymous meetings against my going to the clubs and, and to the bars. So I said, I will always go to a meeting first and then I'll go to the club. <laughs> I would probably not do the first one. So uh-huh. I did that. And in that time span, um, I found that maybe nine out of ten times I went to the meeting. I didn't need to go to the club. And the mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Interesting. So um, subconsciously I started understanding that I'm finding that which I was looking for at the meeting. Mm. And, and um, I got more and more desperate because I, now everybody around me, they tell my story, but they're sober for so many months and so many years, and I mm. relate to them, and we talk the same language, but I cannot get to where they are. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and then that last big relapse of mine happened, um, where I actually just, Relapsed and I found my sponsor afterwards. Um, it was on a Sunday after dropping off my daughter at my ex-wife's house. Um, then you're very lonely and vulnerable and mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I called him on the way home because I never found the guy ahead of time. You know, mm-hmm. it's like afterwards. And um, he just said, come to a meeting Monday. And I went to a meeting and I was expecting, you know, Sorry, I let everybody down and myself and got, you know. Mm-hmm. And he just asked me and he told me, I'll love you until you can love yourself. So that wow. was another huge turning point for me, what mm-hmm. I expected mm-hmm. the judgment mm-hmm. and stuff. And I think that's how I, put, how I always saw God over the years. I saw him as this judgmental mm-hmm. um, father mm-hmm. figure just counting down all my mistakes and waiting for a time to get me. And yeah. um and now this is a bit of a difficult thing to describe, but it's something very pertinent to my um, development was on my way home on that Monday, I, um, I, guess, I, I surrendered completely, even mm. my old ideas of what God was. Yeah. Um, in the yeah. sense that this is me, this is what I do, and I can't stop. I need something, and this God that I had at that stage, that perception of God I had, wasn't working for me, so I, I relinquished all ideas of what that was. Mm. And and I think that's when the second part of God's grace came in, because He was very loving and caring, and in that one week, after months of trying to, I, I trying to get this, trying to do it, doing it, I just surrendered completely in that week, and in that surrender, Everything came to me in that week. And then on that Friday, 
I stood at the at the door of the club again. Mm. Uh, at this time, I wasn't cowering on the way to the club. Um, I was actually just standing there at the door of the club, and I said a prayer to whoever is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this wow. is me. This is what I do. I cannot stop. If you want to stop me, stop me. And I went in, and after that, tried to pour my drinks, which they, they you know, I'm a regular, so mm. they know what I drink, and um. I, I I heard myself say, just a cup of soda, please. And, um, you know, they ridiculed. And, and that was the first time I really said no to alcohol in my whole life and wow. not felt that I was losing out. I was mm. losing out on something. And um, I think that is where that change came in, that suddenness of the change. You know, um, the gradual gradual change came in over a span of months of me being willing and going to meetings, going mm. to meetings, going to meetings, but the suddenness of the change went in a, in a flash. Mm. It's a total, a total swap from relying on alcohol to relying on God, you know, yeah. from spiritualism yeah. um, and completely to God. And over, over that span of time, I got to... And another big thing that I discovered, I never needed to drink after that. I never wanted to drink after that. Sure. You know, I, I didn't see for people drinking around me. didn't play around with figures and all those funny stuff we, we um, play around with when we're willing but not really getting it yet. I had a total reliance on God since then. Um, but one big spiritual thing that happened to me then was that I wasn't afraid of God anymore. Mm, I didn't yes. fear... I didn't fear how I was praying, was I praying correctly, did I believe enough, did I have faith enough, nothing of those things bothered me anymore, mm. until today. It's a real connection, and I, um, that Job story often comes up to me, you know, that Job was this religious person in the beginning, but at the end of his trial, he just had this connection, this real connection mm. with God, and I think... That is what I've experienced today. Wow, what a powerful story. So what we hear from you, you know, uh, we say this program, Into Me See, is about connection with self, God, and others. And I can yes. just see how when you connected with God, you connected with yourself. And I'm sure that changed your connection with others. In which way did that happen? Oh, yes. Um, this is one little poem which um, struck me that one guy said in the chair one day, and he said, I, I, I searched for myself and I could not find, and I searched for my God and he eluded me, but I searched for my brother and I found all three. Mm-hmm. So indirectly, God put me on the spot to get to Alcoholics Anonymous, where mm-hmm. I then related to people with my stories, and through relating with them, this belief, within myself of hope mm. started cultivating that this could be for me too. And um, I just had to surrender completely. And then this moment happened. And through that, I connected fully with God. And this whole program is about acceptance of self. And through the acceptance of self and God, um, I can now start becoming really a worthwhile person um, to the people around me. Because I had no love for myself. Mm. And, and through these people at AA, showing love to me, and I, I started opening up to God's love. And as I got God's love in me, I could start accepting myself. And only through that, I could now start giving out love for the first time in my life. Yo, thank you uh, so much. Thank you so much, Christy. Wow. 
This is an incredible story. And, um, of change, hey? Uh, what I see is that change happens with the intervention and an intervention from God because mm. you were in SAA, but there wasn't real change. AA. In AA, sorry, mm-hmm. not in mm-hmm. You were in AA, but there wasn't real change. And it's only when you went, um, you, saw, you were touched by God and then entered into a committed uh, person, into a safe community. And that safe community for you was AA, where you found your brothers, where you found yourself, where you found God, and where you found others. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Christo, and we look forward to talking to you again next week, and uh, we'll continue further about how you have seen change taking place in other people. Thank you very much, listeners, and get to listen to the podcast um, if you missed something. And, uh, or send it to someone that you know might mm. get some hope from this. Uh, there are many podcasts. Um, in fact, 126 <laughs> that you can choose from with many topics all related to all sorts of addictions and victory stories from different people. Till next time, God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.